0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. It's me, Jack. Jack Dorino. I'm with my friend here, um,
1: Earl Grey.
0: And uh, today's episode, we are discussing Star Trek Discovery Season 1, Episode 3. It's called Context It's for Kings. here we are.
1: Yay! we are yeah
0: we actually made it to uh what is it four episodes of the uh, congratulations it's your fourth anniversary um three you have uh well we did the don't forget we did the introductory show where oh, we oh, yeah. did nothing but talk about our favorite favorite subject which was of course ourselves um yourselves ourselves all of ourselves I think you talked about well, I think I mostly talked a little bit about me
1: <laughs>
0: I did kind of like I think I tend to uh usurp the conversation I'll go ahead and admit to that
1: okay well I'm I'm glad that you can admit to that on your own without being accused of it first
0: oh I don't I don't need the accusation I uh I can <laughs> I can feel it when I start talking and then like someone starts talking and I never give anybody a chance to talk anybody being you <laughs>
1: oh who so- are you,
0: who are you by the way I
1: am Jack Dorino.
0: I'm uh, Earl. Wait a minute. Something's
1: wrong here. Hold
0: <laughs> on. Did We mess up the formula on episode four, or
1: <laughs> we
0: changed places.
1: We 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 did an ep- We we did a, a Freaky Friday swap.
0: Oh, okay, that's dope. Have we done one of those in Star Trek before?
1: Uh, the very last episode, I'm told, is a uh, Freaky Friday sw- swap
0: the last episode of what
1: the original series
0: um oh but that's the salt vampire one right
1: no that's the very first episode
0: did somebody swap somebody swapped bodies at some point yeah in the very last episode three uh Apparently, I don't know my history.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I hear it's a very bad episode. <laughs> that
0: sounds awesome. I can't wait to see a bad episode of Star Trek because never have I ever Alamorane count. Never have I ever seen one. Al-
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> never ever seen a bad, a bad count episode. Count to three. I think it's count to four.
1: Count to four.
0: Because then three more.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Alamorane. If you can see, (laughs) Dax is an awesome character to me.
1: (laughs) Come with me. All
0: right. So we start out where we left off. Which is often the case on a uh, on a serialized television show. Like I remember uh, Star Trek Discovery. Uh, whoa, wait a minute. Star Trek Deep Space Nine used to do this thing where they would remind <laughs> us of some various like plot threads of before. And that way we'd know which plot threads were continuing on this time.
1: Well, at least, yeah, the, the longest one I specifically remember was a three episode arc. The first time they did that.
0: Oh, I remember a six episode arc. I well, think it was the one leading us into the Dominion War. Oh, okay. There were uh, there was also, like, a scattering through, uh, I want to say, Season 6, maybe, of Deep Space Nine, where okay. we were sort of bringing it there was, there was, like, Chains of Command, there was Ensign Roe, there was another one where Ensign Roe did something, there was Rascals, um, right. there was uh, the one where we lost um, that Bajoran, uh, Ceto Jaxa, we lost Cedo. that Lower Decks, I think. Uh, so I consider that part of the, and that was like the, so that's like a, almost a six-parter that leads up to Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. So it wasn't quite like exactly serialized, but they definitely like continued similar plot threads.
1: So what do you think is going on here? What do, what do you think the thread is that they're about to meet? All
0: right. So let's, can we talk about this episode from the perspective of having seen the entire season already?
1: Uh, no, I'm, I'm serious. I don't remember what it is that they're about to encounter.
0: Yeah so so right. what so so what's the deal what the deal is is that there is something that is a parasitic infection that's or it's like a bacteriological infection that is like gonna end up eating through the uh the ship's uh it, not eating through the ships anything it's actually sucking like all the power out of the shuttle right
1: but where'd it come from
0: yeah so here's this is why I want to talk about this episode from the pers- perspective of having seen the whole season uh and it's that I believe that captain Lorca has caused this to happen oh uh because if you if you know of if you know of the future you know the captain Lorca like his big thing with Burnham was that he was trying to get back to his lover right so he was tracking her already since she was on the Shenzhou okay right so knowing that she was in this transport and they were going to have to traverse this nebula Uh he sent he had somebody shoot this infection onto the shuttle which caused Mm -hmm. the whole problem he's the reason that the shuttle pilot dies So, like, now the only people that have custody of it is the captain of the Discovery. Okay. Um, It's my firm belief that the whole thing was engineered by Lorca. Okay. So that he could get that shuttle. It seems suspicious to me from the start, because why would the shuttle be flying through that nebula, is a question? Okay. Like, why would they not go around it? Why would the shuttle not detect, oh, there's something dangerous up ahead, let's maybe go around it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... Is this, are you coming from a perspective having read extra, extra...
0: No, no, I'm just coming from the perspective of having seen the whole season. That's it. That's it. Um, I don't believe that I've read, I haven't read any canon sources that, um, do any description of, um, of Lorca uh, of the mirror universe okay there's a there is a mirror universe novel oh okay uh i think it's called uh die oh um there's a dead uh, there's a dead endless one that's the um it's a stamets based uh Mm -hmm. book uh and there's one called is it die standing or something like that i know i've read one called fear itself Okay. That's a Saru novel uh-huh. um, I've also read one called Drastic Measures that features uh, Prime Lorca and Prime Giorgio oh. um, There's one called Dead Endless That's the that's the Stamets one And there's one called Die Standing um, That's the Mirror Universe one So no, I haven't read any non or B-canon uh, Stories that tell me that okay. It's a story that was described uh, Across the scope of the season That Lorca and Burnham Were in a relationship And Burnham was plotting a coup of Emperor Jojo and Lorca was planning it with her.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And so they pretended like when Lorca did something that Burnham ran off to go find him.
1: Mirror Lorca and mirror Burnham?
0: Yes. So when Lorca flipped over to this universe, to the Prime Universe, Mm -hmm. uh, he immediately looked, well, one of the things that he did was he looked for people that he quote-unquote knew, so he found, he went to go find Burnham okay because that was his his ace boon uh coon okay as it unfortunately were
1: ace boon coon what's that
0: yeah it's like uh you're uh I, I wouldn't use the term loosely because it it contains an age restricted word that being the the word coon coon is age restricted? uh yeah, yeah yeah so it's uh it's it's sort of like uh, it's it's an it's analogous to the word uh uh Coont? The six to the six-letter word it begins with an N, ends with an R, and has two G's in the middle.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, so so like coon is a is a very similar word. So your, but your ace boon coon is somebody who's like your bulldog. It's like it's like your 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 best homie. Oh,
1: coon isn't like a raccoon. Yeah, but not. But that's for the, the that's the etymology of the word.
0: S- sure, I believe so.
1: Okay, and they would use coon hounds to hunt raccoons, but they would also use coon hounds to hunt. Other things that that. Are
0: oh sure, sure, sure.
1: Calling coons. I gotcha. Oh, r- r- they would.
0: Were- Let's do. Uh,
1: I, I I get it now.
0: Shall we? We can. Do, shall we check UrbanDictionary.com? I don't know if you've ever ever heard <laughs> of it or used it, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, <laughs> Urban Dictionary will tell you a lot of these things. And uh, for the term ace boon coon, the definition is uh, partner in crime. Okay. So quite literally. Uh, ace De, De, uh, Mirror Burnham was Mirror Lorca's ace boon coon in planning an insurrection against Emperor Georgiou, sort of like uh, Donald Trump was the ace boon coon of the insurrectionists who tried to stage an overthrow of the United States government on January 6th, 2021. 2021. Are you, oh, why 2021. i'm so i so am lost on that whole thing there's a uh there's a there's a scene in this show called uh, star trek discovery it's actually season uh season one episode three that is a mess hall scene that's crucial there there are i will say from the perspective where i sit on the castle of being ready to enter season four as season three has ended for me in my in my head Mm -hmm. canon um it is. There's a. There's a multitude of fighting <laughs> that happens nope. in the mess hall. We use the mess hall. Uh, it seems way more than we even use ten forward on the Enterprise D. Okay.
1: They, they did use the mess hall quite a bit on Voyager, though.
0: And they did. They did. Yeah. Someone had a home there. It was helpful. Someone had something to do there.
1: Oh. Okay, uh, yeah.
0: I was super excited to see uh, Rekha Sharma from. Another property of my my so Ron Moore was got got cut out of making Nick Locarno be repeated again and again on Voyager and because he got his uh, ass a little burnt by that and was was mad he went off and made an amazing television show called Battlestar Galactica and uh, Rekha Sharma played a character on Battlestar Galactica.
1: What's this? I've never heard of it.
0: Battlestar Galactica. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm 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 yanking your chain.
0: Oh, are you? That's a that's a long way to yank. Yeah. So, let's talk about let's talk about clues. So, Commander Landry,
1: let's talk about treks. Uh,
0: Commander Oh, let's do that. Commander Landry from bowser Galactica, uh who I'm I, I can say that her affiliation is not that positive with uh on the uh, on the Galactica show. Okay. And I will note that clue number 1.
1: Positive behind not behind positive behind the scenes or not positive in front of the camera.
0: You know, uh she's got a, a greatness to her to her character the whole time you know like good evil who knows you know. Okay. so I'm going to say that she kind of has that sort of she kind of carries herself the same way mm-hmm. uh, Rekha Sharma does while playing Commander Landry okay. I'm also going to say that clue number one to Captain Lorca is that he has the lights down low yep, yep. as soon as we come
1: in to me it seemed like a plausible explanation plus they've never gone there before with low lights in, in any mirror episode.
0: Uh, sure. Well, they've. I feel like there's been a mention sometime somewhere of
1: although there are often low lights to indicate they're in a evil, darker place uh, on the DS9 episodes, but they never said anything about low lights.
0: Sure. I maybe it's just something that I understood. You know, like because we're because we in the Prime Universe exist in like a brighter universe. Maybe I just like intrinsically understood as a Star Trek fan for so long that the fact that he was not fam- he was not used to our lighting you see what i'm saying okay like he's used to wearing the uniform but he's not used to our the way that we do things or our lighting and he like thinks so far out of the box that it can be questionable okay like that was my that was my clue number 1 i knew something was off with him i but i thought maybe he was maybe i don't know like had different reasons or i thought maybe he was section 31 mm. there's a there's a really quick scene that happens in this episode that uh that sort of like threw me off and that was when we passed by the black badges okay we passed someone with black badges in a in a corridor in a passageway did? and we did
1: i i think i know and it was
0: that. as they it's it was it, yeah it's as they were coming aboard the ship and someone says oh look black badges have you ever seen that before and then we never really talk about it again I mean we talk about it again later when uh you know some one of our one of our close crew members has a black badge mm-hmm. but uh but there's really not mention of it again until then like i feel like maybe they showed their hand a little too early by mistake oh, okay. by having that black bag featured in the first episode because we shouldn't have seen that black badge but that black badge would have explained for me at the time uh captain Lorca. okay so i thought there was like a secret section 31 element perhaps running through this uh Running through this, uh, this, this ship.
1: Well, she has a black badge just by being a prisoner.
0: Oh, does she now?
1: Yeah, look at it.
0: Is it is it black or is it? I can't really see it. I'm I'm on a small screen, but that's super interesting. Uh, I do know that the Starfleet emblem is a little different here. Uh, I really wanted that pillowcase, by the way. That's a that's a piece of merchandise that I never really quite saw show up on the uh, the Star Trek website. What but uh, the, oh, there's, there's a pillowcase in the that she has. has delta. Yeah, yeah, it has a little delta. And it says USS Discovery. So you can
1: see her delta, her delta there.
0: It's. Oh yeah, it is. It is black.
1: Okay, kind of a dirty gray black.
0: Yeah, thing. yeah.
1: She, here she is. She's got her her uh, ensign badge on. But I'm pretty sure yeah, she yeah, has yeah. the or her. T- well,
0: it's a cadet. It's, it's a cadet, cadet, cadet badge. badge. It's the, yeah, But be, I'm pretty sure exploring. she
1: has her ensign badge by by season two.
0: Um. It is, Yeah, but remember we talked about the fact that she was in the command training program. So, yeah, I guess maybe she got her instant badge and then she was in the command training program? Yeah. Okay, fair enough.
1: So, here's something I want to know.
0: Uh, Just out of curiosity, did we just continue a conversation from an episode that nobody's going to hear for, like, another season or so?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No comments. Spoilers. Anyway, yeah. (laughs) Wait, you need to find a, you need to find a sound bit that is, um, uh, Doctor River song from Doctor Who saying spoilers. Yeah,
0: I, I do need a clip of spoilers, sweetie. I think that would be a great, spoilers. a great thing to have.
1: Yep. Spoilers, sweetie. So how come prisoners are so quick to drop judgments and decide that? somehow whatever the other person has done is so terrible that they're going to kill them or beat them up over it
0: well so that i i, I get what you're saying but what BDA but, but the, i get what you're saying but but the thing that you are referring to is actually very valid in the instance of this of the mess hall fight that happened a few minutes ago okay uh that that was because she had a brother who was aboard one of the ships that died. Like everyone is very upset with her. Here's something that we didn't we didn't really um, we didn't really encounter or seek out or, or find. We didn't really experience when Picard was, Locutus. We didn't we didn't really experience the fallout of people being angry at what he did as Locutus, uh, which is basically well, like he did we something that barely
1: did. But when when Picard yeah. met Cisco in the pilot yeah um,
0: but that was not in the next generation right that was in another show from a different perspective now this show we're able to see the fallout of what people have framed in their head that she did people have framed in their head that she's responsible for all these deaths but you and i know that she's really not at all okay like had we done it the way that she said there might have been less lives lost Uh uh-huh if they had employed that vulcan hello and shot first. Yep. They may have. They may perhaps. Let's say they maybe knocked out the beacon, right? Mm. And then they wouldn't have. And then uh, Takuvma wouldn't have been able to call all those ships. Yep. And that way, they, we would have earned Takuvma's respect. Yep.
1: What's he eating? Or
0: he's eating blueberries. Oh. Okay. They're an excellent source of antioxidants.
1: Yes, they are. I remember
0: him saying, "This oh, is okay. this is what he said." I don't remember when he said this, but every time I see blue, oh, there it is, I, and there we are. I don't don't I'm sorry I
1: interrupted go back to what you were saying about the uh, I don't
0: know what I was saying
1: you were talking about the Klingon war and how it could have changed if uh,
0: oh sure yeah I think I was pretty much done you know like like if they had Vulcan helloed them then it would have been it would have been done you know and we wouldn't have had episode we wouldn't have had a battle at the binary stars it would (laughs) have been encounter at the binary stars where the Klingons lost and then we didn't see them for another X, X amount of years
1: another 200 years
0: So there is a, um, there is a, there's an interesting moment that Saru has with, uh, with uh, Burnham. She brings, so Saru is bringing Burnham to the most uh, secret part of the ship and putting her on assignment, as Lorca has said, on the Mm -hmm. most secret part of the ship as a science officer, but no one's, like, briefing her ahead of time and letting her know what she's working on. Oh, okay. Does that seem unwise? Probably. Like why does it take she's got to spend she's basically about to spend an episode trying to figure out what the hell it is that they're doing so that she can do her job effectively when really they should have just told her up front here's what it is here's what's going on here's what we're doing
1: Uh uh-huh yeah i mean it seems like she deserves a briefing i know it's a top secret program but um she's a part of the program now so she's need to know yeah but i i like how saru is getting this or michael's getting this opportunity to actually talk to somebody in a civilized manner and relate to them and sort of apologize but also sort of say you know it wasn't my fault that i was trying to do this um sure
0: but because so saru buys the party line though she buys
1: the party line
0: saru buys the party line
1: oh yeah yeah okay
0: He was there so he knows that yes there was a mutiny he also knows that yes she may have been right but instead of like on being a little more understanding to her he decides to toe the line of you know she's dead wrong for what she did and it is the most reading like reading rainbow library moment that he has when he says i tend to do a better job of protecting my captain than you did yours he's really hurt and he really like tried to like pluck her nerves by saying that
1: well um
0: i think that uh i think that you know, his plan was like like her plan was to study under O, become her first officer, and then wait for Giorgio to pa- to move on, and then she would become the captain, right? So Rue's plan was to study under Giorgio, mm-hmm. wait for wait for Burnham to move on, and then he would become the captain or become the first officer. Yeah. But they they had like a, a an, an issue <laughs> where that mm-hmm. didn't happen. Not only did she set him back, if O were still alive and the ship was still viable. Mm -hmm. but Burnham had left Mm -hmm. which was kind of what he had expected then Saru would be first officer and then he would eventually be captain Mm
1: -hmm. right
0: but he Burnham has destroyed his all of his future plans for him yeah okay and on top of that he's destroyed his mentor and later we discover that he actually she actually he probably feels that she's responsible for just the destruction the death of the person who took him from Kaminar okay um it's also my firm belief uh looking back on things from that from the from the current perspective i have
1: not but but not took him from cam rescued him from Cameron.
0: well rescued rescued i mean i guess rescued i suppose rescued I mean, the,
1: the the word has stronger connotations yeah and from his perspective it probably could be
0: rescued sure from i mean assuming he was going to be called uh like that day then sure she rescued him
1: yeah yeah i thought in the short track that they showed that yeah he was going to be called that day
0: was that the case oh that would make sense then that would really make sense uh i do notice uh there's a uh, there's like a time lapse where barnum is standing in the same spot working on the same thing for hours and hours and hours and everybody else is like moving around her mm-hmm. and uh yeah why why is she standing in one spot doing the same thing if she doesn't know what she's doing
1: well she's reading something isn't she reading up on what's going on what this is all about
0: Uh, so funny thing you should mention that so when you pause the display and she's working on a coding Mm -hmm. problem she's actually viewing uh, uh, decompiled code from a virus it's called the stuxnet virus
1: okay Okay.
0: This is this is a real world a real world virus that was uncovered in 2010. Okay. And they, they and it was in development from 2005. Um, so the Stuxnet uh, targets um, like programmable logic controllers
1: mm-hmm.
0: and exploits uh, zero day flaws.
1: Define a zero day flaw for our audience who might not understand.
0: Okay, so zero day flaws is an exploit like a vulnerability that's, that that. Um,
1: what what does zero day mean? It refers to the
0: number of days since a new p- piece of software was released. Okay. So the zero day flaws are the flaws that people make patches to work around. Okay. Um so like if you don't update then you always are vulnerable to that. Um unless the vulnerability is uh is is fixed. Oh okay. Like it's unchangeable because of an update. The probability that a user has applied a vendor supplied patch that fixes the problem is zero so the exploit would always remain available Mm, okay right oh okay so uh i don't know if it if it's ever been solved or like actually Mm -hmm. i mean i guess it would have to uh But you know, like it's a—it's basically a surprise attack. Like you have to, you have to, you have to. It only works like on day zero, right? Okay. So uh, this is the coding that she's looking at.
1: Well, it was.
0: Whether that was intended to be or not, but that's that's what it is.
1: Mm Hmm. All right.
0: Uh, when uh when she so. There's a there's a there's a few things that my phone does, right? Mm-hmm. To verify my identity. Okay. It uh it looks at my the shape of my face. Mhm. It looks at my irises. Mhm. These are two different options. It could take a a, a code. Yeah. Uh, it can take a pattern.
1: Mhm.
0: Uh it can take my fingerprint. Mhm. One thing that it can't do is smell my breath. <laughs> okay. And if I eat something, is my breath gonna seem different than it was? Is breath really so? When uh, Lorca sneaks her way into the to the uh, to the spore farm that Stamets has aboard, she uses what Tilly's breath?
1: What? Not Lorca. It, it it's Burnham that.
0: Well, Lorca has L- Lorca has sure. Lorca, what, what happened though?
1: It was Burnham that broke into the spore drive or the spore field.
0: Oh, did I not? Did I say? Did I say? Oh, I may have misspoken. You said Lorca. Okay. So obviously that's not who I was talking about. When Burnham breaks into the uh spore farm that Stamets has. Um yeah, she uses uh Tilly's breath. And yep. Doesn't it depend on what Tilly ate, what her breath smells like? Well, I don't understand why the breath imprint is 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 a viable know. thing.
1: Does does anybody use that? Like Yeah, I mean that's that's a <laughs> I don't know although i mean there's jokes about it in futurama um there's i can't i don't know personally know of any breath detector i know that we're we're having issues with uh developing a ai that can smell one way is that i mean we still are able to use dogs the dogs have or that that science that computers and science hasn't Defeated biology in is that dogs can detect uh, cancer on your breath, uh, still better than uh, than machines can. Sure, sure,
0: sure, absolutely. Uh,
1: And there's got to be some aspect to your breath that is unchangeable. Other than, I mean, that's how how do how else do you detect things like cancer? Well,
0: is that would be a change? Which
1: would be a change that would not.
0: So, like, if you if you, if you develop cancer, could you now not get into your door?
1: That would be a question for the uh, 20, 23rd century.
0: So I just found a thing, and it is an article from 2013 that says that your breath is as unique as your fingerprint.
1: 21? 2013.
0: 21? Uh, I don't know what year you're, you're asking me to say, <laughs> but uh the year 20, that i'm 2013? going to continue to say is 2013.
1: 2013
0: yeah 2013 we're gonna we're gonna call them interchangeable <laughs> if you if you and i continue this fight we're gonna be fighting for this forever for the next for the rest of our lives <laughs> until 2100 which is when i'll we'll we'll start the, the 2100 <laughs> fight and we'll have then i'll say 2101 <laughs> and you'll say 2 21 tw- 2101 is that what you're going to say in 2101 you're gonna say 2101
1: no, I'm gonna say twenty one oh one.
0: Oh well I'm gonna say twenty one oh one.
1: So am I. That's, that's then why I'm not say two thousand
0: twenty one say... does it wait, two thousand what? Well I'm gonna say You're switching it up you're switching up. I'm gonna say twenty twenty one. I'm gonna say two thousand twenty one. That's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say two
1: thousand twenty one. You no you just admitted that you're gonna say it the other way. Well, around. I'm
0: gonna say whatever way the fragile feel it. like it and I, it might change today or tomorrow. I'm going to call it 2021. I'm going to call it 2021. I'm going to say the year, and you're going to know what year I'm talking about. How about that?
1: What What year are we talking about?
0: We're talking about... Uh, um, we're talking about this year.
1: So, pause for just a second. Not literally, but... Um, are you excited to to live to be in the year uh, 2076?
0: I don't plan on that happening. Oh. Also, uh, I heard a news report this morning that said the American lifespan has, uh, for the first time in 100 years, reduced by one year. So those of us last year who could have expected to live until 78, now the life expectancy is down to 77. And that's, you know, for your, like, cisgendered caucasian females caucasian who live in the suburbs male,
1: yeah yep, yep yep unfortunately so i am before, none of those things except for, for the sister Democrat, part yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: sorry, so please. i unfortunately live
1: i was the one who brought that up but
0: yeah i know i you you exactly were the person who brought it up you you just asked me it was I excited I, to live I in the year 2076
1: I was asking with the assumption that you would make it to the year 2076. Yeah. I believe that you still
0: could. I I still could. Can you find me a wormhole to get there?
1: I don't think I I think that as we progress up until the year 2076, things will improve. I think that the the life expectancy will improve improve. I expect that the medical technology that um cut keep going is it okay to is it okay to bring up your medical status
0: um uh you can um so here's what i'll do i'm gonna cut out some of the cuts i'm gonna say well you know what um i guess you would need to hope that uh, in a few years we're going to cure HIV as well. Although, like, honestly, I... I don't think that I'm going to, I don't think that people really, I don't think that I'm going to be one of the people that dies from HIV mm-hmm. and often, like, people don't uh, die from, they die from complications that are connected to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I've heard of people dying of, like, PCP pneumonia but at this point, it's such a it's just, you know, it's managed like a chronic disease, uh, you know, chronic illness mm-hmm. uh, so when people die of it, they die of, like, not taking their medicine anymore. Uh, it it does strike me as interesting that uh, that uh, you know that virus technology can give us a vaccine for coronavirus, but not for HIV, when we've been working on for for HIV for so much longer. That seems
1: strange. Well, some people are saying, and it might be a conspiracy theory, but some people are saying that some of the things that are holding back other viral uh, vaccines are the fact that they're making more money selling you the medication so this is true. to keep you alive yeah. rather than giving you a va- vaccine against Yeah.
0: You. So this is hundred percent true. I, um, I myself work.
1: Can you get a vaccine for something you already have and you're exposed to?
0: Like so, if, I
1: mean, I mean, I guess there is a post exposure rabies shot. Well, there's a post exposure but-
0: prophylaxis to HIV as well. Uh, So that post-exposure prophylaxis is something that has to get into your body within seventy-two hours. But like, if you've had exposure, then you can Mm -hmm. prevent the exposure from becoming an infection if you catch it within a certain window.
1: So there would be a post-exposure to HIV, but once you have AIDS, then well, once
0: you've had AIDS, so so there's a there's a. Yeah, so well, once you've got AIDS, you can, you can actually come. So at one time in the science, and the only reason, let me, let me vet myself really quickly. So I've been working in the field of HIV care and outreach for no. the last uh seven years i want to say and i'm currently no, a no. um uh, uh i'm telling the audience and i'm currently a um a consultant oh. to a branch of HRSA, which is a human resources services administration so i work for uh, a place mm-hmm. called clinical quality improvements and innovations which is based in new york and that's what i do is i work as a content um a content expert and uh, consultant to this hiv project this uh, national hiv project so I say all that to say that my information may not be 100% up to date, and that's only temporarily. Like I may have missed like a news Mm -hmm. report that came out yesterday, for example. But for the Mm -hmm. most part, like my information, uh, I'm very, very, very certain and solid on my information about HIV, Um, especially considering Mm -hmm. my lived experience. And because of my lived experience, I've looked into it and it's had more poignant meaning to me than some of my colleagues who are not personally affected by HIV. Yeah. So yeah that being said i mean if uh let's consider first that uh i would have to find a different job if we cured hiv
1: because you'd be out of the job because hiv
0: because that's what i do like what i do is i do outreach outreach uh to improve uh clinical quality care for uh generally for ryan white uh customers Ryan White customers being those who are covered under the ryan white uh, the Ryan White legislation in the government, which is all based uh-huh. around HIV and HIV care, which was really originally, of okay. course, based around AIDS and AIDS care. And at one point, to get back to the main point, uh, at one point, uh, once you received an AIDS diagnosis, yeah you couldn't come back to having only HIV, oh. and from the AIDS diagnosis on, you could only progress towards death. Nowadays, uh-huh. and I actually achieved, this. was very excited when I achieved this with one of my clients um, who I told very bluntly, like if you don't change something or turn something around, you're going to die and I don't want you to die. And like, I couldn't keep the tears out of my eyes. Well, I think that she <laughs> she talked to some other people and then she understood that I wasn't being combative, that I was being dead serious. Like you need to like stop because you're gonna die. And she. Applied herself and she came back across the line of AIDS to HIV. So she came back from having full blown AIDS to only having an HIV infection. Mm-hmm. And that we, we based okay. that on uh, like a CD4 count and a viral load. So it has to do with your viral load being a certain number and your, your CD4 count being a certain number. We want your CD4 to be about a thousand. That's the uh, the like white blood generals that send out the white blood cells to yeah. go and fight infection. And you want your viral load yeah. to be obviously as close to zero as possible. Um, in my jurisdiction, they consider uh, undetectable 20% uh, 20, 20, 20 copies of the virus per part, per million, per, per million parts of blood. Yeah. And uh, a, yeah. I think the national, the nationwide uh, standard is below 200 parts per million. So if you have a viral load of two hundred, of below 200, then you're undetectable across the country, except for like in some places they can see, their microscopes can see smaller. So like in DC, it's 20, it's below 20 and you're <laughs> undetectable.
1: Huh. Yeah, yeah, that, that almost reminds me of, I, I wanna keep my A1C below seven. Okay. I don't know what that i don't i don't remember what the a or the c stand for i know what my doctor tells me that it represents but i don't understand everything to do with an a1c but that seven has to represent some level of something because uh, it's definitely not sugar because blood sugars are measured in the hundreds so
0: so um, or in the diabetes yeah. which i think is what you're discussing has to do with yes. um, your body's ability to take in to take in uh, food as food for energy or nutrients for energy, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the the uh, the blood that has a glucose attached to it can be measured. You can take you can take yeah. an A one C measurement on that, um, and the A one C measures the amount of hemoglobin in the blood that has glucose attached to it. So yeah. it basically measures how well your body can can transfer can transfer sugar to energy in yeah, yeah. short
1: it, it and it has to do with how well your pancreas is working and producing insulin that breaks down the insulin obviously breaks down the sugar right very right, right um and turns it into energy
0: it's one of those oh so i see how you're relating so it's one of those things where you want to keep certain things below a certain level and certain things at a at, at another level yeah
1: yep yep um so you want to just like I want to keep my A1C below 7. 7.0, you want to keep your HIV levels below... 20 parts per million. A
0: A threshold. 20
1: parts per... Yeah. Um, Now, I don't think the A1C has to do with the... I don't think it... I don't think that number is like, say, 7 parts of sugar per million, but... um, anyway we were getting at that
0: so so what um, we want to do is we want to keep the amount of cannon damage um below the amount (laughs) that will send us into another plot hole because the plot (laughs) holes are what tend to damage a show irrevocably right so when you have uh you know a certain threshold of star trek aficionados turning away from your show then that's actually a good thing because then you have to spend the time to bring them back but if you keep your levels too close to the plot hole then all you will be is a giant plot hole
1: yeah yeah
0: like star trek five they went way too (laughs) way too way above the threshold level and that entire movie fell into a plot hole that became (laughs) non-canon
1: Uh-huh, so where does let let me totally backtrack and and switch tracks um where Where did Lorca's obsession with fortune cookie?
0: Oh, so from? here's the thing so 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 that whole thing, the whole like fortune cookie thing uh-huh. was set up for a joke like yeah. from a per from a from a writing and production perspective because um so Lorca says that she asked him about it right so and he's like, oh, it's a family business like a hundred years ago. And what he says was that was before uh, the future came and hunger and need and want disappeared. And then the punchline is, of course, now they're making a comeback, thanks to you. So it was all just a setup to him to make a joke about hunger, need and want. Did we really need to make a joke about coming
1: back because Earnham caused that?
0: Yeah, because now the Federation. Yeah, exactly.
1: Because of the war
0: exactly yeah so that's how i feel about the fortune cookies as well
1: that was a joke flying over you know
0: and and it it actually flew so what happened was (laughs) when they were writing that joke the levels of cheese got so high that the bowl of fortune cookies actually fell through a plot hole (laughs) into a joke that was made by um that guy what's that guy who did the like the the sledgehammery thing with the watermelons and stuff
1: Oh, wait, uh, a Gallagher?
0: Yeah, so so Gallagher, a Gallagher-sized plot hole <laughs> is, is where those fortune cookies came from.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Uh, also, the site-to-site transport yeah. is supposed to be like, you're not really supposed to do it, right? Yeah. So here's clue number two. That Lord, something's going on with Lorca because this is way back in the day. If like if we can't, if we're not supposed to really do site to site transports on the ship on the Enterprise D, then you know, way back in the Inter- Enterprise, no ple- no, no suffix day. Did he say no bloody prefix, or did he say he said no bloody suffix for sure, right? Because who uh, Scotty? N-
1: no, he said N C C one seven zero one. No bloody A, no bloody B, C or d
0: oh okay i gotcha
1: it rolled his r on the or but
0: oh gotcha or so <laughs> now we are uh so so lorca does this site-to-site thing that we probably shouldn't be doing and then he sticks her in what an iconian portal why is she in an iconian an portal because clearly that's an iconian it is like you remember when we went to the Iconium What
1: makes it night?
0: It we flip from this place to that place to the other place in blink of an eye. Like that's the same thing. Demons of air and darkness, right? Were the Iconians using spore technology? Do you know what I'm talking about? When the USS Yamato blew up?
1: I hold on. Were you talking about the thing with the doorways?
0: Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But you could see through those doorways.
0: Yes, and the the same it it's the very same way that you could see through the Iconian portals.
1: You can't see through this doorway.
0: Uh, in the Star Trek: The Next Generation episode, I don't know what it's called. Contagion is what it's called, actually. Right. Um, and we see some some uh, Iconian doorways that Data looks through, and you can see like this place, and then another place, and another place, anywhere in the oh. known universe.
1: Okay. yeah, Now I'm seeing it.
0: So it, it's just kind of like... But this is
1: sort of a... Because she can still hear him. Why right. would she be able to hear him? Right. So,
0: and, and why is there a warp effect? There's like a warp effect every time she... she when she first goes. That... And, and is she really in those places? Like, don't you have to be... Don't, doesn't the sport chamber have to go with you? Like, how is she visiting places but not being there? so what's happened here is that he's Holograms? put some yeah he didn't beam them to the spore operations unit he beamed her to the holodeck <laughs> because what she's so what he's showing her does not make scientific sense you don't just spill the end <laughs> well neither do like, spores that thing should still be full of spores right they don't just all disappear we know that that thing should be she, full he, of spores be-
1: he used them all and they and killed them
0: well but okay so then the one that lands on tilly's shoulder at the far end of the season is invalid.
1: Well, the, there were spores on uh, um, the engineer guy's shoulder, too, when she he came out of the spore.
0: So, here's the thing. So, this man says, I can justify anything that I want to justify as long as I explain a greater context. Okay. And that's not a Starfleet ideal. No. Or is it a Starfleet ideal? Is it? Because we sort of do tend to make explanations that don't necessarily make sense like the prime directive thing that we constantly fall back on well
1: yeah mm, it's
0: kind of used liberally and in very different ways and it's sometimes used in opposite ways
1: there's also is he putting salt in his tea
0: i i don't know what he's putting in his tea oh uh saru you mean yes he's putting salt and you you're assuming that's tea yeah it is tea. Yeah, he's got a tea bag.
1: He's tea bagging that cup.
0: He, he definitely did. <laughs> uh, I do I do have to tell you, I, I quite enjoy, at this time in the series, uh, Saru's furections.
1: <laughs> yep. Um.
0: But,
1: so, the other question I have about Lorca. Yes. Is his triple alive?
0: His triple is alive, That's yes.
1: That's right. So, and it's obviously not reproducing exponentially.
0: It's, it's not. So,
1: how do you spay a... Ch- how do you spay a Tribble before it's born, or do Tribbles really are Tribbles really born pregnant?
0: Well, so I think that there is an explanation that happens during a Short Treks episode. It's my understanding that the Short Treks episode, what's what's the matter with Bob's Burgers or whatever it's called?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I know the one you're. Talking yeah, about. yeah,
0: the Bob's Burger episode. So, it's my understanding that he changed the way that Tribbles are. Because all it would take is one, one of those Tribbles to, like, breed with another Tribble
1: oh, for them to change, right. like, he, a lot of he them. it was, the, so, was the one who made them into right. prolific breeders. Exactly.
0: In the beginning, you could just have a Tribble sitting on your desk and it wouldn't lead to, like, a billion Tribbles, as we can see from Lorca.
1: So that's, like, initially when they got them on on the 1701 they didn't
0: no those were the those were the those were the tribbles that had been changed by bobs burgers
1: well they they, they have but nobody thought anything of it because right. everybody thought the tribbles they didn't know yet that tribbles could do
0: yeah that. exactly like that's a new change that happened that we just learned during that episode
1: no that's a myth yeah okay isn't
0: that interesting the the so that's one
1: that's why triples weren't already forbidden and stuff
0: exactly so that's one little piece of of we bumped up against cannon and didn't like do anything, do anything annoying, right?
1: Is this a Gorn skeleton?
0: He does, he does indeed have a Gorn skeleton. Yeah, and, he has. Oh, a, is yeah. that
1: a that's a vol? He that's a Cardassian yeah, vol.
0: Where I didn't notice it
1: on the table.
0: That is a Cardassian vol. Yeah, that may in fact uh, be the very same. Yeah, it. it may in fact be the very same Cardassian vol that we had on Deep Space Nine
1: you mean the same puppet and stuff
0: yeah yeah cuz it looks very very similar to that that mm-hmm. sloppy little rubber thing mhm the belief that he has in force fields is very impressive
1: <laughs>
0: and the question is what was in that storage place before like how does he have just a place that happens to be able to hold a giant like where because is he in his is is he in his he's in his like little war room oh we can see exactly where he is oh no he's not he's at the bottom of the ship somewhere oh interesting yeah he was way in the bottom of the ship so that wasn't even (laughs) his that's probably it probably ends up being a room later where a mirror universe emperor might be practicing some of her uh fighting techniques might be the same room (laughs) who knows maybe who knows yeah. That was a uh, that was a quick episode, but I will say that I'm glad that we have now started the story of Star Trek Discovery proper because now we're actually yep. aboard the Star Trek Discovery, and we are discovering yep. so many things and discovering that there are so <laughs> many things that we need to know. You know, what's yep. up with the, what's up with Landry? What's up with Lorca? What's up with uh, 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 the Black Alert? What's up with the twisting thing? What's up with the tardigrade? What's up with Kayla Detmer? Lots of things that well, we Well, even want... at
1: this point, we don't know that that's a tardigrade. We think that's the alien that they discovered on the uh, Federation ship that the Klingons were on.
0: Yeah, I thought we knew it. Well, we didn't know that at the time it was a tardigrade because it looks like a tardigrade to me.
1: Well, the first time you... – no, it didn't.
0: No, to me it looked like a tardigrade. First...
1: Oh, okay. Is what I'm well, saying. Well, right. the first time I saw it just now in this episode, my first thought – at the very first instant, my first thought was Xenomorph.
0: Okay, that's fair.
1: They're going for a, a Xenomorph effect from the other franchise that we might not want to discuss. Or we might. I don't know. Are we crossing
0: Yeah, I we think, crossing over I think we have a bingo card. Yep.
1: Oh, okay. Have we sent it out to our, our members yet?
0: You know, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I think maybe we did. I don't really know. We're going to have to produce, like, uh, about ten different ones. <laughs> And have them ready on the on the site for people to download. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to uh, date them though, as uh, the the oh. day that they start listening and list what episodes they uh, listen to. Okay. Because if you just check them all up and then send them in, I I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can take that.
1: Well, I mean, we might not actually have any have to have any substantial prizes. No. Well,
0: yeah. It could just be a fun. We prize. could have a no prize.
1: A no. We prize could
0: have. You do. know, we could have a. Um, we could have a, a free shout out. How about that? Mm-hmm. Like you could uh you could put you could put an ad up, your own personal ad, like saying hi to somebody. How about that?
1: Oh Let's, we uh we record you talking or you record
0: it and you send it in. Uh, so so we have we have we have the concept of a mailbag down, right? Although we obviously aren't receiving any mail yet. We have the concept of a mailbag down and then we have uh, we could do we could we could do we could do ads. We could have our fans uh secure ads on the show we could have our fans yeah. yeah let's let's have a little chat offline about that what do you say hmm
1: sounds good to I you. got We're a little idea offline fans huh give us your give us your guesses now
0: yeah you know like more
1: specifically than what we just told got you got some <laughs> ideas
0: so captain ransom of the star I mean cap uh uh captain uh lorca same guy but he's a very interesting character. He's a very big actor, so... Uh, Camp,
1: captain Ransom? Yeah. I don't remember. That seems vaguely familiar.
0: Yeah, yeah. Captain Ransom was the uh, captain of the starship Equinox, which I believe was... Was he from the Year of Hell?
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Well, no, I think he had his own episode. He, had, he was from the ep- two-part episode Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Captain Ransom was the guy from the past. He, didn't we find him later in the past?
1: Oh, yeah. He Was he... He was a time traveler from the future and he ended up in the past.
0: That's correct. That's the guy.
1: That wasn't Year of Hell, that was uh Futures End. Futures End, end is
0: what it was. It was indeed. Yeah.
1: Or future tense? Mm. Futures End. You know what? The Voyager episode that ended up in the modern day nineteen ninety four
0: Yes, that's the one with uh Tuvok World and Do rag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, well. So here at the end of the episode, we've gone all the way to Tuvok in a doobrag,
1: <laughs> which is so 1990. So
0: I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna call that the. I'm sorry, it's so
1: 1,990.
0: I think I'm gonna do Tuvok in a, a doobrag is gotta be the uh, the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah.
1: I hate it when when YouTube episodes have don't touch on, like I saw a thumbnail the other day and I'm like, oh, I want to see that in the YouTube episode, and they never got to it.
0: You yeah. Know? yeah pretty wild
1: it's just a clickbaity thumb title yeah thumb, thumb,
0: it's thumb, the worst thumb, thumb, gotta hate a clickbait god hate a clickbait
1: well i mean sometimes it's okay i mean I, you gotta get them to click anyway i mean that's their job that's they're doing it as a bit sure i'm sure we'll i'm sure we'll have clickbaity titles Oh, I, yeah. I, sh- I shouldn't shame them for something we'll probably end up doing. Uh, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll, we'll find our way. We'll find our footing, just like, <laughs> um, just like the writers and producers are finding the footing of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, they are going to continue finding their footing uh, next week, and next week is the episode uh, that we'll be reviewing during our next well, we episode
1: how and, often we're putting up episodes at this point
0: well next week is when they will be doing it it's a week after because they released this in o- the week of october so the week the episode for the following week you see what i'm saying
1: oh yep. not our yep. following week's episode we yep. i mean I, we might be putting up episodes every day so like
0: i long. said our next episode is going to be following their next week's episode so we're uh we're gonna be talking yes. about star trek discovery season one episode four that is
1: the butcher's knife cares not for the lambs scream uh, cry <laughs> i think it should be screamed the yeah. lambs cry well I, mean, I don't know i know they i know they can be silent i know that the butcher's knife certainly can cause the silence of the lambs
0: it sure can and the butcher's knife doesn't care for the lambs what <laughs> bingo cart. whatever the lamb does it doesn't care for it so
1: <laughs> well and i'm sure the lamb doesn't care for what the butcher's knife is about to do to the I
0: guess you know what let's sort out this all of this next time when we uh, when we talk about that episode sound good yeah
1: that would be logical all right
0: we will see you guys next time peace and long life let's talk about treks as a production of anodyne relay we review the copyrighted works of CBS paramount's star trek team of whom no copyright infringement is intended our main producer is David Moody, and our writers are Jack and Earl. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom. We mix with NCH Mixpad and Master and Kukos Reverb. Our sound engineer is E.J. Thompson, and our intro and outro music features samples of Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay.